Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Friday the 27th of January. Uh, For the last time this week, I'll be joined by Jordan Lancaster, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hey there, Jordan, how are you doing today? Great, Peter, how about yourself? Uh, very good, thank you. Uh, just to let listeners know, this is our third attempt today, <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully, third time to charm. Um, <laughs> oh, you got it! It was quite classic, though. I mean, basically, every every time, every time we tried, uh, there was drilling going on, either for on your side or on my side, there was um, hedge trimming <laughs> going on. So hopefully um, everything's all right this time. So um, so anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so what have you got for the listeners today? Well, there were some great stories in Watson's Daily, but what really struck me was the um, the retail uh, sector today. Mm-hmm. You had some intriguing stories about LVMH mm-hmm. and Diageo. LVMH, yep. of course, uh, the luxury goods company, Europe's biggest listed company by market capital. Mm-hmm. And Diageo is the world's biggest drink company. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I found quite interesting um, is that LVMH is doing incredibly well. They've increased mm-hmm. their dividend by 20% mm-hmm. and have recorded a second consecutive year of record sales and profits. Mm-hmm. So another good year is expected if um, China recovers well from mm-hmm. its recent uh, lockdowns and economic slowdowns. Mm-hmm. So it's it's looking good for, for LVMH. But then I wonder... It's a luxury goods brand. Is this saying something to us about the haves and the have-nots? Because we read so much about the cost of living crisis, and and I think everybody feels the pinch already. So I I just wonder who is driving the purchase of luxury clothing, handbags, etc. from LVMH. Although... In terms of of products, what I do understand is that many of these fashion houses, they have high ticket items, Mm. but they make a huge amount of their profit from the fast moving commercial goods, Mm. goods, which would be um, their perfumes, for example. Mm. Perfumes are a huge amount of a fashion house's sales. Mm. Anyways, um, moving on from LVMH to Diageo. Mm. Again, um, good news is still in profit due to their diversified footprint, um, strong brands, and uh, continued demand for their premium brands. Mm. Again, we're seeing that this premium end of the retail sector seems to be unstoppable. Now, Mm. in the case of Diageo, People who are listening are probably familiar with the brands Bailey's, Smirnoff, Captain Morgan, J&B Scotch, Johnny Walker, Tenric mm. Gin. So a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And apparently they've seen an uptick in sales of bottles costing more than $50. So they're mm. premium ranges. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I'm wondering if that's a a little treat that people feel they can give themselves if they're not going out as much, 
They yep. could get a bottle of premium spirits to have at home and and enjoy a cocktail. That seems to be very, very popular, especially mm. with the, the Generation Z. Mm. So, so maybe it's, again, a sign of people looking for just a little way to have some luxury in their lives despite everything else. Because certainly it's cheaper to buy a 50 pound bottle of spirits which you can enjoy for many cocktails mm-hmm. than it is to go out for for a pizza for two mm. so that's that's interesting but where i get confused peter is that fever tree the yep. upmarket mixer brand mm-hmm. is not doing well yeah so you'd think if diageo is doing well fever tree as a mixer company would be riding the same wave mm. but now, they're blaming the recent rail strikes for reduced revenue. Hmm. hmm. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I quite follow that because Diageo doesn't seem to have been ex- uh, affected by rail strikes. Mm-hmm. Of course, people are going out less to special occasions, mm. if that's the case. But Again, people drink at home. They can buy the fever tree mixer at home. Hmm. There's also been some comment about the rising cost of glass, which they need for their bottles. Hmm. hmm. It just it just seems a little bit um, hard for me to get my head around. Then I I was digging deeper into the Diageo stats, mm-hmm. and apparently their uh, profits recently have. Uh, been coming from the scotch tequila and beer sectors principally and they've seen a downward trend in gin Mm -hmm. we think fever tree we're thinking mixer we're thinking gnt gin and tonics Uh, fever tree provides the tonic water Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. excellent quality and hasn't there been a phenomenon the last few years about the gin market it just took off out of nowhere mm. the last 10 years, especially the last five. I mean, mm. during lockdown, it seemed like everybody was brewing craft gin in their bathrooms, mm. in, the, in the bathtub. I didn't. I feel I missed out on the trend. I, I wouldn't judge you if you did, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, did make, I did make my own uh, limoncello, which Ooh. a few lucky people were gifted with. Wow. Um, but That's I didn't good stuff, isn't it? it? Like, I do like limoncello. I you do? Like limoncello. Well, yeah. well um, yeah, I'm, your, I'm your connection for limoncello. <laughs> okay. okay. But, um, but with regards to, to gin, I sometimes feel like maybe I missed the boat on mm. that as a very good side hustle. Mm. Well, you know, I suppose, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, so I'll, I'll answer um, in in order of, of what you've said or rough order what you said. So the LVMH thing, I mean, I just think that that follows through with the whole um, uh, theme of, of luxury doing really well. You know, over last year, we've seen things. I mean, LVMH has done consistently well throughout last year. Um, you've got, uh, you know, high, high ends have, have done really well. The kind of high middle end, like, say, Mulberry, um, for instance, hasn't done as well. Um, but like I say, anything high end is done really well. So anything to, like Rolls Royce, there'd be like loads of brilliant sales of Rolls Royces, Ferrari sales really good. 
particularly, I mean, like, you know, the recent um, SUV, well, it's not, they don't call it, they call it the, I don't know, the Ferrari utility. They they call it something else, but it's an SUV. Um, But the Pura Sangue, you know, massively expects something like 300 grand or something. Um, You know, that has been selling really well. You had Bentley selling really well. Everything really top end has done very, very well. But is this Um, showing that there's a greater divide in our society following the pandemic? We're now coming into a world of, haves and have not previously found in in latin america i don't know i i kind of think you know the the haves have have always been there it's just maybe i i kind of wonder whether because there's there um more people are struggling that there's more coverage of the of the haves to show that the stark contrast i mean i i don't i don't believe there's been a sudden uptick in haves for instance i mean um it's just that maybe they may have potentially gone under the radar um uh, before but now we've got a cost of living crisis um you know perhaps there's a greater distance between the haves yeah no no, that middle range doesn't exist anymore the Mm. person who would have purchased a berber uh, a mulberry bag Mm. that that middle range Mm. seems to have been hollowed out so you're either Mm. primark or or chanel I, yeah, I guess you know i mean that yes you i mean guess I think, which one i'm shopping at yeah well <laughs> I, you're you're chanel all the way certainly uh, <laughs> uh no i mean i i i think that um uh you know i i i think yes it probably has um made the divide wider um but i don't know whether it's a case of the divide being wider because there's been more people at the top, so the the gap going up at the top, whereas more people are going, you know, da- down. If you if you see what I mean, I. But anyway, I think that's interesting. Luxury has done incredibly well over the last year. Um, you do kind of wonder how long this this can continue for, because how many handbags can you really buy? But then, if you've ever asked anyone who loves handbags, how many handbags do you need? Um, invariably, they'll say. Well, how you know how 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 long is a piece of string? Yeah, um, so how many people live in China? Because that's a massive market mm, for luxury goods. Yeah, uh, of course, as you yeah. know, there's the the growing middle class here. They have increasing mm. purchasing power, mm. and and they are are great clients for luxury yeah. brands. However, uh, it hasn't been a great year. Twenty twenty two was was rough for China. Mm. People couldn't yeah. even get out to shop. Mm. Now that things are opening up, I believe that um, all of these retail uh, companies are looking towards China for um, market share. Mm. And it's quite interesting because perhaps an uptick in demand in China could offset the economic downturn in in Europe. But um, that's placing a lot of hope in the Chinese recovery which mm. I, I really, I, I, I wouldn't want to hazard a guess on. Mm. Interesting to note that right now it is just the end of the Lunar New Year mm. holiday in, um, in, the chi- in China and mm-hmm. um, Southeast Asia. So a lot of people will have been visiting family and mm. they give as a gift, don't they? It's a popular gift to give a red envelope. With oh, yeah. cash in it, which you yep. can take straight to your nearest luxury goods store and feed <laughs> yourself with. There you possibly. go. There you I go. Think that's what the um, the people in the retail sector are hoping for. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So yeah. So I mean, I I think you know, luxury done really well last year. Is it going to continue this year? The hope is probably that it will. 
but it's a case of um, you know because because um, more more Chinese will be spending either domestically or they'll be travelling more. Um, that's if if countries let them in, of course. Um, and then um, uh, and whether or not that any kind of uptick in China will more than make up for what is expected to be potential slowdowns in Europe and and the US. So we'll have to see. So that. So that that hopefully that addresses that bit in terms of the um, of the, the the booze side of things. Um, I think that um, it's very interesting to look at booze. <laughs> um, well, so even more interesting to drink it, of course. Especially um, on a Friday but, uh, night. Yes, we're exactly. This. Exactly. But um, but I would say that um, I feel that tr- drinks do tend to go in fashions. Uh, you know, go, go in phases. I mean, a long time ago. So when I was. Um, when I was broking UK and European stocks, for instance, what used to happen when I where I was working is that every well, almost every day, I think it was, you know, sometimes anyway, report uh, results season, um, we'd get the company who was reporting their results that day, um, and usually their chairman, CFO, and or you know, um, a CEO would come to our office, and we'd all get into this small room. And they would present the results to us. Actually, they usually did it just in in the um, just in the run up to going and doing a bit of a road show with clients and things. So what they used to do is they used to make us ask them really awkward um, questions um, in kind of anticipation of sort of soften well not sort of soften them up but limber them up. Um, for getting um, cross-examined by um, investors, so we used to sit in these rooms and they used to talk about this, the the uh, the strategy and stuff. And I do remember at one point Diageo, you know, was saying that everyone drinks lager and think you know lager is all you know very popular. And they said we want the next drink to be cider. And you know, at that point in time, I mean, this is quite a long time ago now. Pretty much cider was seen as a bit of an alcoholic's uh, drink. And the sort of thing that, you know, people, if you saw them at the side of the road in a ditch, um, they were probably next to a can of cider. Um, but, oh you know, but, um, but really, the, um, what they were trying to then do is to make it go up market. Um, and I think you then saw things like Magnus and stuff, which is, a, you know, like a cool drink. And people put the ice in and, it, and it's a lovely day and all that kind of. So they did really well with that. Um, you, then, you know, since then, you've had other drinks like, um, I mean, I, 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 I put like Aperol Spritz, for instance, that's quite, was quite a trendy and drink. Trendy, yeah. Ja- Jägermeister, you know, Jägermeister as well. That again, you know, sales of Jägermeisters was um, Jäger bombs, isn't it? So Jäger bombs, I used to love Jäger. I know it's weird. I used to love Jäger bombs. Um, that's not a challenge, by the way, I'm just saying. And um, so Jäger bombs, um, very, very uh, popular I think that gin has had a, has had a really great run. I thought gin was was I thought we'd reached peak gin um, uh, at the end of 2019, and I think that um, Fever Tree was seeing sales of its mixes, you know, weakening. But then lockdown happened. Everyone reached for the gin bottles, um, and um, suddenly they were they were motoring again. Now it just seems to me that maybe um, maybe people just. Uh, moving on to the next drink. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I've heard, that, for instance, if, you know, if gin is going down, rum may be the next thing because um, apparently it, you can use the same equipment to make rum as you can with, with gin. And I don't know whether it was a coincidence or not, but the other day I saw um, that Diageo, and I think it was this week, it might even have been this week, that Diageo 
um, bought uh, Don Papa, uh, which is a you know a brand of rum. Which well, I they ha- already they already own Captain Morgan, which is yeah. a very popular yeah. rum brand. Yeah, but rums but- require mixers as well. Not everybody drinks their rum neat. Yeah, um, yeah. There are a lot of wonderful rum cocktails. For example, yeah. if you want to make a daiquiri, yeah. you add maraschino yeah. uh, to the lemon and the ice and, and the rum. Yeah. So you're going to still need mixers. I think fever tree have to start thinking ahead. Mm. Quite, yeah, quite, poss- uh, quite possibly. I mean, well, no, they're going to have to because you can't. Re- I don't think you can rely on gin forever. Um, and uh, and I think you know maybe that's coming off. Um, just incidentally, we're not sponsored by any drinks companies or anything like that. And also, I would say I'm I'm not a major like um, rum fan. I don't reach for the rum all the time. But I have to say, I had when I had Dom Papa, um, it was like a, a eureka moment um, <laughs> a few years ago. And that stuff is well, I don't Did know. You have I'm it straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, oh good stuff but i like i say i i'm not a rum expert because rums i've had before i'm not been particularly enamored with but this one was amazing so anyway maybe that's a coincidence i don't know but i do think that um it is fair to say that that drinks do have fashions and they go through phases and i think that gin has had a very good run so i just wonder whether you know rum is rum is going to be the next thing well, so I'm, I'm all for rum you know i have a, a cuban side to my life so yep um bring on the havana club <laughs> nice all i can say nice um so brilliant um so anyway i better go on to the the next um you know next topic um which is um the the story i thought was was very interesting um today was about buzzfeed um, and BuzzFeed said that it is going to be using um, the uh, ch- you know, chat GPT um, to write some um, uh, uh, content. And I thought this was really interesting because, um, you know, chat GPT has been very much in the news, um, uh, you know, recently. And, uh, and it is very interesting subject and, and how good it, it is. Now, I have to say um, that I myself, um, yesterday, in yesterday's Watson's Daily, I tried to use um, artificial intelligence to summarise articles. Um, and because the night before I tried it and I thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's amazing. It's going to change my life. I'm not going to have to get up at 4 a.m. anymore. Um, you know, it's going to be because, you know, That's the idea was... Changer. I know. And it, I was going to be able to shorten these articles and then I would be, you know, write more of the so what, you know, parts I do as, as in, in Watson's Daily. Um, but actually, as it turned out, you know, when I did it properly and I really looked at it, the summaries just weren't good enough. You know, they weren't good enough. They didn't quite pick out the right points and things. And it meant that I was essentially rewriting it. So I was essentially doubling my workload. So um, ditch that. <laughs> so gone back to old school. Um, but I did learn a few things, which is quite interesting. So. Um, so my my thing is here is that you know is with with things like chat chat GPT is this going to take over creative jobs um, for instance? Um, I I don't think it should. It may affect some, um, and uh, you know in terms for content creation. I mean, on the if I was being positive about it, I would say it's really good, and you could look at it for inspiration if you were writing a thesis on something you could get it to write something and then 
use that as inspiration as a sort of fast way of researching if you like or just getting an idea but you know at the other end of the scale i kind of think well i i would imagine that there are some outlets that would actually use this and publish what the ai comes out with um and you know i at the moment for instance buzzfeed says oh no of course we um you know it, it, it inspires creativity we're committed to humans writing stuff but what happens when buzz is well when if buzzfeed is has got its back against the wall there's no money coming in and they need to cut people what are they going to do i i kind of think that they're going to cut the humans and they're going to you know they're going to churn out the content of the of the ai so um i mean i say that because i think buzzfeed is not the uh, first place you'd go for serious news for instance uh, and therefore, you could kind of get away. I would imagine you could kind of get away with it more. Whereas I don't think that you would be able to do that with, let's say, the FT or something like that. But I don't know. What do you reckon? Are you are you uh, convinced by um, ChatGPT being the future? So um, certainly, yeah. it's certainly uh, really developing, and maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe today you try it and you don't think it's exactly uh, perfect, but they keep developing it and you could find in two to five years that it's much improved because, mm. as you know, I um, started out as a, as a translator mm-hmm. and the improvements in machine translation in the last 10 years are, are astonishing. The mm. quality of, say, Google Translate is pretty okay so Mm. it depends what you need to do with it if you just want the gist of an Mm -hmm. article Mm -hmm. you can you can get the gist very quickly and for example in old times people would have uh, a large amount of uh, documentation provided in discovery and they'd want to go through and find things relating to a specific transaction they'd have Mm. to have the whole thing translated now they can machine translate it, get mm. an idea roughly of what's uh, in there and pick out the parts they want and have those translated by an individual translator. Mm. So uh, that's a huge development that I've seen in mm. the last 10 years. And uh, I think we're seeing the same thing here mm. uh, in journalism. Mm. It's, it's artificial intelligence is coming on. It will never completely replace humans. But mm. it can get rid of a lot of the the basics, the grunt work, mm. um, provide you with a thousand words of copy that just has to be um, uh, adjusted or edited through. Then also, and I don't want to seem cynical here, but many publications, uh, the con- not quality publications, of course, but there are many publications out there that just want content of any kind mm. to fit between the ads. Mm. It's really all about the the ad revenue in exactly. publications. So um, bear that in mind. You know, a, a travel publication, for example, who mm-hmm. reads them? People look mm. at the pictures and they look at the ads for the trips. Mm-hmm. So uh, in trade publications, you might find that there's not so much of a focus on the content, and they can get away with mm. a rather basic level of uh, yeah. material and of course it's cutting down on their costs and yeah. this is what it's all about 
Yeah, I mean, I I think so. It is cost, and it and it will come down to it. You know, when when the when the when the stuff hits the fan, and there's not much, you know, there's not much money knocking around. That's think, when we'll see what happens. Peter is when the when the fit hits the sham. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I think that um, you know it it will be interesting to see. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I, and you know, I I think that. I you know I was talking the other day right I mean I had I had lunch in in um, in London the other day and um, with some friends I hadn't seen for ages and one of the guys involved in in um, you know he's training uh, an AI model uh, in you know sort of he, he works in financial services he's training this model and you know I was telling him about what's the daily and stuff and he said about oh yeah you know we've got a thousand sources and blah blah and it comes in and you tell it and you're training it. And I just thought, actually, do you know what? I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot since that day. And I don't think if I had a coder sat next to me, I don't know if I could explain what I look for. I mean, I could explain in general terms, but it's very everything I read, you know, to put into Watson's Daily. I'm thinking, you know, what is the main point? What is the you know, what are we trying to say here? What is this trying to say? And really trying to home in on it. And it's not immediately obvious unless you've had experience, you know what's going on. I I just don't know if it will ever be able to do it. That's not being arrogant or anything. That's, I'm just thinking. But, but you are at the high end of the market, Peter. Um, you're giving some well, content. Yeah. Because it's the so mm. what portions of the, of the Watson's Daily that, that really stand out. And and that has to be done mm. by yourself or or by someone yeah. of of a, a similar stature. It can't be done mm. by, by artificial intelligence. You can yeah, summarize I mean, the from, news, but you can't yeah. go that extra step to analyze it. Yeah, I mean that's that's um you know hopefully I mean because I'm initially I thought well you know what's this going to do and then I thought well no, I don't think it's going to it's not really going to affect, I wouldn't have thought affect um, Watson's daily too much, but, um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting anyway. And, you know, Buzzfeed is doing this, you know, maybe it'll work. So yeah. Anyway, better go um, because I, I've got to go and do, I've got to go and do weightlifting now. <laughs> um, so yeah, weightlifting. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, lift a few G and T's. That's right. Yeah. Should do, should do that. Um, yeah. So we'll, you know, we'll see. But anyway, but look, thank you very much indeed um, for this week, uh, Jordan. Um, it's been great and really thank interesting you, to you. hear your insights. No, um, it's always a pleasure and, a, and an honor indeed to be on the podcast. And I look forward to supporting you as an ambassador um, in the year to come. So thank you very much indeed. You and uh, let's hope that 2023 will be great for both of us and for all indeed. of us. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, thank you very much to the listeners as well. So thank you very much for listening. I did look on uh, the the um, charts today and um, what's the say? It's number three in Great Britain for uh, business news on Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Apparently, there's some podcast by some publication called The Economist. Or so. I mean, I, I don't know. It sounds like it's a I really small... I heard something about them. I really don't yeah. know. Yeah, so I mean that you know they are above us, so you know, but um, but anyway, but there you go, can't win it, we can't win all the all of them, can you? But anyway, thank you very much indeed. 
thank you very much for listeners for listening hope you like this if you like this please rate us highly and say nice things other you know i've got very i'm very fragile and 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 um you know i'll start crying if people don't say nice things so please say nice things thank you very much have a great day we'll be back again soon many thanks okay thanks bye bye, bye.